Welcome to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health. Today, we want to introduce Ali Egan, founder and CEO of Veracity Self-Care, where her team is pioneering hormonal wellness to get women back on a path to balance so they can look and feel their best. Ali, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. It's so good to be here. Thanks, Rachel. We'd love to get started with if you could just share a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So my background has been in different consumer brands. I first started on the investor side. It was in uh, an investor at a firm called L. Catterton investing in uh, brands like uh, Restoration Hardware and P.F. Chang's and a bunch of beauty brands. <laughs> uh, and through that experience, found my true calling, uh, I say, being on the other side of the table, wanting to really like build businesses and brands myself. Um, and so I went to uh, Harvard like you for business school. And, uh, and then that's what I did. And I spent several years after that at S.A. Lauder Companies, working at La Mer Clinique and Origins. Uh, and then I was CEO of an apparel brand, Cynthia Rally, um, here in New York. And uh, and then I sadly, or or hopefully I went through some personal health stuff, like so many of us, that gave me the idea, the inspiration, and really the conviction to, to leave and, and come and build veracity. So uh, long story short, I when I was in business school, I broke out until basically eczema on my face. Uh, so that was rather alarming. Uh, <laughs> I saw a dermatologist and they just assured me it was like irritation and it would go away. Uh, and I hoped it would go away, but it didn't. And I dealt with it for years, uh, and chalked it up to stress, right? Like so many of the things we do, we're like, Oh, I'm just stressed. Uh, and then separately when I was in what I had thought was my dream job at Cynthia rally. And finally at a place where I thought I was, you know, comfortable starting my family, uh, we started trying and, and went through a pretty bad infertility battle, um, with, uh, ectopic pregnancy and miscarriages and all that. Um, and through that experience, I found myself in an infertility clinic, getting my hormones tested. And only through that did I learn that I have, uh, I have Hashimoto's, so a thyroid imbalance. And this was the root cause of my infertility and also the root cause of the skin problem. Um, since understanding that I have gone on to have two children. I've never had my skin issue again, and I, I'm actually not even on thyroid medication. So that's, you know, the foundation of the inspiration for veracity and why I am personally such a big believer in what you guys do as well. in really helping people access their health. Um, we say through the way they take care of themselves every day. So you don't have to wait till, um, you know, till you're at your, like the, the edge or, you know, on the brink to, to get real answers. Yeah, it's much more about prevention than it is having to go through an experience like what you went through, only to find out that you could have tested this a really long time ago. Um, it sounds like uh, you stay on top of your hormones, you're looking at your data. But now after having a successful career, you're now a founder, you're a mom of two. What else do you do to stay on top of your health and make sure you're focused and productive on a day to day basis? Yeah, I think this experience has given me the tools to listen to my own body. So a lot of it is just like having these regular check-ins, understanding like through actual testing and then through, you know, that daily sort of monitoring and maintenance, knowing where you can push yourself and where knowing where you need to go back. And I think the amazing thing about having a deeper awareness of your hormones and your hormonal cycles is, is learning like 
um, I, you know, I don't do full cycle syncing, but I do like kind of cycle syncing light, if you would, um, under like, cause I'm also a marathon runner and, you know, I don't want to give that up. And I'm like, I don't think you have to, it's not like, oh, I can only do like gentle things. Like, no, you can really like push yourself. You can, you know, do, um, you know, do keto, do intermittent fasting or whatever, but you have to know when and how much. Um, so I think having those, like that awareness of my body has been really, really helpful, um, for me, uh, and then really thinking about like recovery in different ways, like physical recovery, um, but also like stress and, and mental recovery and some other like tips and hacks to, to do that. Like, for example, like, um, and this has come through like our team and helping, you know, give people, uh, what I always love to call it like new and novel, like concrete recommendations, because, of course, people like want to know, like they need more people need education on the basics of health, right? Like I should eat more vegetables. I should drink more water, like that kind of stuff. But really like what people gets people excited and committed is like doing something they haven't heard of before. So like, even with me with sleep, like I'm a new mom as you, as are you like, there's only a, a max amount of sleep you can get when you're like a right. new mom and a founder. So you're like, how can I make my sleep more efficient? So for me, things that have worked are like, setting my room temperature, like much colder, even than you would think like 65 degrees that helps me fall asleep faster, get to deeper sleep and have that more, um, uh, you know, restful, uh, time, um, you know, wearing a face mask, like, uh, over my eyes and like having that complete shutout. Those, those things, um, have helped, uh, me. Um, I'm also a big believer in Epsom salt. Uh, so that's been, that's been one of my recent, um, things that I've been doing a, a ton. <laughs> The Epsom salts, is it like taking baths to like, is there any other way to kind of get, get the benefits from it? Uh, yeah, well, I, I end up because I'm a runner, I end up doing it like on my feet. So you don't have to like take a full blown bath, but I do sometimes. So I will literally take like a bowl and like put my foot in it or something else. Um, there are like some gels and other things that you can, um, get now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this sort of OG, like, um, basic Epsom salt is, is the best way. Yeah, definitely. And we talked a little bit about your nighttime routine. Do you have a morning routine or anything you do to get yourself started in the day? Uh, yeah, I am an early riser. I wake up pretty ridiculously early, but that's also another body awareness thing. Like you, you can understand like what your own circadian rhythms are and like not be ashamed of it, but just own it. Like husband's kind of the opposite. He is like a night person, but if you're like, okay. And like you organize your day around that, I think that's a really, um, smart thing to do. Um, yeah, my morning routine is I get up, I usually have like half a cup of black coffee and then I do some exercise, um, and, uh, and organize my my day before my kids wake up. Uh, and just a kind of founder hack I've started doing is like, before I check my email, like take a post-it note and write out the things I need to do today. And because it's like, if you, if you can't remember what the things are you need to do today, then like, you probably don't need to do them. Um, maybe eventually, but not today. And so, um, I think it's a really good practice to ground yourself and like, what is the most important thing today? So then when all the other stuff starts coming in and giving you sort of that like info overload, um, you can sort of anchor back to, to what your like sort of personal mission is for the day. I love that. And if you're a busy professional, you're a founder, you probably are waking up and immediately have those. These are the, all the things that I need to do. So it's not yes. going to be hard to fill that post-it note. You might need exactly. multiple. 
Exactly. Uh, well, but if you, that's the trick too, you stick to one because you, I am unrealistic sometimes with like the amount you can get done. And then you just end up like disappointing yourself and that creates a whole, another waterfall. So I feel like if you have the discipline to, to keep it short and sweet, that's also part of the, the success of it. Yeah. And the magic around it. And you yeah. mentioned a couple of different, um, ways of eating or, or things of ways to think about eating, especially related to cycles. How do you think about your nutrition? Like what's your overall philosophy there? Yeah. I think you need to know. I, I like, I hate that. I call it like the anti Google where you can just Google like the best diet, the best, whatever. And it's like, that doesn't exist. You need to know what is right for you. Like, so for example, with me, like what helped me manage my Hashimoto's was going gluten-free. So I haven't eaten gluten since, um, late 2018. Uh, and I, I, I've seen that make a material difference in my body's inflammation, which I think is what allowed me to actually successfully have kids. Um, and also in like the sort of things that a lot of people complain about, um, inflammation or, you know, um, bloating, um, irritation, constipation, all that stuff. Um, so that is something that like I routinely stick to. Um, and then the other thing I love is when I get my hormones tested, um, then, amping up foods that will re rebalance some of those imbalances, right? So it's about things that you can add. So for example, like with thyroid, again, is just the easy example. Like I try to look for like things that are rich in selenium, like Brazil nuts and like eating like four Brazil nuts a day or, um, looking for iodized salt. Cause iodine is a key, um, building block for, um, for thyroid. So it's really about like, just kind of like slight hacks that you can sort of add to your nutritional routine that are going to, you know, be even better than supplementation sometimes. Cause it's from the raw sources. And it's really based on what's going on in your body versus again, I like the anti-Google. Uh, I, as you think about health, my wish is that the, the Googling goes away, that everyone has access to some sort of personalized approach based on what's going on for them, for their hormones, their data, and their unique lifestyle, because we all have such unique needs. Uh, and as you think about from a mental capacity, being a founder is stressful, being a mom is stressful. How do you kind of help manage your stress? Yeah, that's evolved for, for me over time. And I think it will continue to evolve. And it's always about finding like what works for you. Um, right now I I've taken up a practice of what I kind of call like micro journaling. So it's not like a, a daily commitment or, um, or a long drawn out thing, but I will like at least weekly, like try to like, write just start writing and not have no intention behind it. And sometimes it's like, cool, profound thoughts. And other times it's kind of just gibberish. Um, but I think allowing your brain that so we don't allow, especially as founders and as moms, you don't allow yourself that like free form, um, mind wandering, which like the numerous studies have shown how valuable it is. It's essentially like REM sleep during the daytime, right? Like REM sleep is your most restorative. So that is something that's really helped me. Um, and then also other just like small things, um, I use a sage spray because um, sage is is really uh, you know proven through functional medicine over time to sort of ignite that you know melatonin response. And I literally spray my pillow with this white sage spray, and it just I don't know it just helps like calm it down. Interesting. I have not heard that. I'm going to have to try it. Uh, taking melatonin doesn't work very well for me. So anything that can help with the, the body responses is a lot better. Um, yeah. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into veracity. So for any audience members who aren't as familiar, what is it that you all do? 
Yeah. So we, uh, our mission is to get women on a path to hormonal balance. So you can look and feel your best because hormones are the number one cause of skin, hair, nail, other aesthetic issues. And obviously a big influence on your overall health is, as you know, they're like the chemical messengers that control every single organ in your body. So we help women, um, and men, uh, but mostly women right now, uh, through three ways to, to know, treat and rebalance your hormones. So, um, on the no side, we have an at home hormone test. It's a saliva test where you can, um, know what's actually going on in your body. Uh, on the treat side, we have a line of skincare and supplements that are going to help you, uh, deal with those symptoms or ailments that you'll be experiencing in a way that is all, um, completely a hormonally clean. So meaning free of all endocrine disrupting chemicals in our formulas and our packaging. So you're not going to just further imbalance your hormones through what you're, you know, putting on your face. Um, and then the last is through rebalancing and that's through personalized recommendations from our tests as well as supplementation. And from an endocrine disruptor perspective, some people know what it is. A lot of people don't. What are some common, um, disruptors that we can find in our skincare or supplements or packaging that you guys stick to staying away from? Yeah. So plastic is the number one, uh, BPA, which I'm sure you've all heard of. That's the reason why you should not be drinking out of plastic water bottles. You shouldn't be putting plastic in your dishwasher. Um, that, uh, that in packaging will seep into any of your formulas. You put it on your face twice a day. It is, is really disruptive. Um, and you know, there's a lot of the ones that clean beauty has now started to get out like phthalates and, um, uh, you know, um, there's a, uh, there's a ton of other like scary ones that you probably would never know were would want to know were in skincare products in the first place. But then there's also a lot of natural ingredients that are known hormone disruptors that like, for some reason we just think are okay to use. Like soy is a big one, uh, lavender, papaya, um, azelaic acid. There's, you know, the list kind of goes on and that's, that's part of what, you know, we view as our value. We worked with our medical team and a PhD in hormonal health. So we, there's a list of over 16, thousand ingredients that we exclude from our products to make sure they're truly safe for your health and hormones. And it sounds like there's a lot of research going on around both the natural and artificial ingredients that are endocrine disruptors. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the re the whole philosophy is like your body has amazing abilities to heal itself. Like a lot of what you need to do is understand what it needs from you, right? Like what it needs you to put in and what it needs to take away. Um, and what it needs to like, stop messing up. It's rebalancing. <laughs> And when you um, look at hormones, what hormones are you specifically looking at in your skin and health test? Yeah. So we test for five hormones, um, that are most directly related to aesthetic appearance and also have an influence on overall health. So that's, um, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, and DHEA. And are there any others, as you think about if people want to test beyond that, that would be helpful to look at? Yeah. So our test is a saliva test because the test is test your bioavailable hormones, which is more relevant to sort of your aesthetic health. Um, and, and honestly, because it's an easy, less painful method. So like when we're like with our mission being really to help people in the way they're caring for themselves every day, it's just much easier to take a saliva test. But I do, if like you're having real issues like thyroid, especially for women, I don't think enough women get their thyroid, um, tested and, and true thyroid, not just TSH. 
TSH, but T3, T4. Um, uh, uh, sex hormone binding globulin um, is is good to test in how your you know body could be um, using or absorbing certain um, hormones. Um, ferritin, uh, vitamin D levels. Those are some of the key ones. Yeah, and what's surprising is vitamin D is. Uh, is more of a hormone than it is an actual vitamin, which most people don't a, understand. Yes. It is a hormone. Um, yeah, it's a hormone. Um, and then as you think about um, all of this knowledge that you've clearly gained since going through the journey that, that you've gone through, what is your hope for kind of the education piece of this? Like, what is your goal for more women to understand? Uh, I mean, first of all, I want hormones to not be this shameful thing of like, she's just hormonal. I, you can't talk about it. Like, because that's how we make progress when people share and they're not ashamed. A key reason why I think people don't get good care is because they don't even share what they're experiencing with their physicians. Uh, and that's also a symptom of our, of how we're set up because you go to a skin doctor and you just talk about your skin and you don't talk about the fact that your periods are regular and you can't sleep at night or these other things. So really being, um, I think like what I hope this education does, and, and that's how we honestly founded the brand. We started with our education platform first. It just allows you to be a more informed person person and like CEO of your life. Right. And then you can like make better decisions from a product perspective, come to your doctor and share all the things that are going on. Um, and hopefully get better results like aesthetically, and then really have a handle on your overall health. It's so important for people to understand too, because it's like, how can you take control? How can you be a partner with your provider instead of relying on your provider? Because so much of the healthcare industry is point care solutions. And if you're not talking about these other issues when you're at your skin doctor, there's a nowhere they're going to know, but also they may not be trained in understanding how it holistically kind of works together. So the education piece is, is really so critical. And as you kind of think about what this future looks like beyond just hormonal health, what do you envision healthcare looking like in 10 years? Yeah. The way I, uh, I like to think about it is the, the bifurcation between healthcare and consumer and all these other things is like made up in the minds of investors and like business people, like humans walking around are not thinking about like, well, I'm making a healthcare decision versus this other decision. Like you have a set of problems and you're trying to get solutions for it. So I think the, the future is really finding ways to, to get the right information about yourself and have, um, access to that across any of these decisions that you're going to be making today. Sadly, it comes through like being proactive and doing a routine test or doing a veracity test or whatever. Hopefully over time, like that will, um, you know, that will merge and there's going to be more ubiquitous sort of proactive testing and, and, um, and vetted recommendations for you. But like, I mean, my dream is that like, you don't have to wait till you're getting out of balance to get rebalancing tips. So for example, if you're able to, you know, have the uh, mechanisms to test almost daily, you're going to know like, Hey, my vitamin D levels are dropping. And so before it, like you even start to feel any of the symptoms, you can, you know, start supplementation or get outside a bit more or have some salmon or whatever, like take these steps. So that's my dream, but I know we're not, um, we're not super close, but we're, we're making, we're making progress. And as you think about what's next for veracity, how do you see you guys 
fitting in to, to this dream? Yeah. I mean, first I just want to like turn the beauty industry on its head and be like, guys, you're all talking about like health and wellness, but like, it's all kind of BS. Like I want to be like the only like true beauty comes from being a healthier person. And like, that's how you see results. And that's how you stop treating, you know, symptoms and actually, you know, get long-term thing uh, success. Right. Um, so that, that's what I want to do in the short term. And then in the long term, I just want to be a partner, um, to the other folks, um, whether it's full care providers or, you know, other, um, businesses like yours where, you know, it's, it's really like making our society healthier and happier together and thinking of the different ways that, you know, um, address those needs to, to really create that full picture and support for people. And how do you think about the other pieces of the healthcare system fitting into this? Cause today we're talking a lot about consumer driven, um, kind of decision-making consumer driven purchasing, but for a large swath of, of the U S of the world, it's not always the case. So how do you think about enabling this other piece to, to get to that dream faster. I mean, what I would hope, uh, is that the education at a medical school level changes. I don't know globally. I'm not as informed. I'm more like, you know, smart on the U S healthcare system, but like the fact that, you know, still doctors are required of whatever, four hours of nutritional training, zero hours of hormonal training. Like it's, um, it's just sad. Right. And so it's like, we need to rebuild that part of it. Um, and, um, and, and maybe perhaps add other kind of types of healthcare providers where we're not expecting, uh, you know, look at an OBGYN whose bulk of their training goes into delivering babies, which is a very important and high risk thing. So like, do you want to take anything away from that part of it? Maybe not. So maybe do we need to stop relying on them for everything that is female health? Probably. Um, so I just think that there's like, we got to rethink the system a bit. Makes sense. The education piece across the board is, is really important. Um, and as we think about everything that you've accomplished, uh, going from investing to running a fashion brand to now being a founder, for folks that are in your position, what kind of advice would you would you give to them or advice that you'd give to your younger self? Uh, well, it's funny. I did with my undergrad, I, they asked me to do a presentation, uh, or like, you know, a talk and they were like, Oh, you, you mapped everything out so well. And I was like, oh, I don't really do that. So like, I guess the advice or like taking the pressure off would be like, look, you cannot map out your life. Um, it, you know, you should obviously think about the future, but the way I think it's most, um, diligent to go about it is like, what do you, what, what jobs or roles are going to fulfill you, um, both from a, what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and who you're doing that with and what skills do you need to get there? And as long as you're building skills and experiences that will better enable you to do that future job better, like you're moving in the right direction and you'll probably take sideways steps and backward steps and all that stuff, but that's like all a normal, um, part of the process. And then the other thing I like to say, to like young potential entrepreneurs, um, is I think, especially for women, like you need to share your ideas like earlier and often there's this like preciousness to like wanting to have something perfected or a beautiful slide deck or whatever. And, and part of the founding of veracity was I was at a dinner party and just kind of like said this idea in a very 
not articulate way to a friend of mine who ended up being our very first investor. And so I, I really truly am grateful for, for sharing that, for getting that out and then having that thought partnership and, and really confidence to leave a, a great job to, to start something new. And you really can't get to that perfect deck or pitch or any of that until you start sharing it because it's not going to be right on the first try. Um, 100%. And as you think about being a female founder, um, so it's rare, right? We're two women that are founders in health, both with two kids. Um, yeah. so what cool. advice? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for other founders um, and women founders specifically as as they think about kind of building a life? Um, whether that's including a family, building like relationships with partners, because I find so many women are often like, I don't, I want to have a family. I can't start a business. Uh, so how do you think about that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. It's really kind of ridiculous that our only um, options sometimes are just to go full, like sort of balls to the wall or remove ourselves entirely. Um, but I guess like my uh, more practical recommendations would be, really consider like what your family needs and like, what are the resources that you have? Um, I feel really lucky that my husband has a, you know, a stable job that allows us that backbone while I'm doing this thing that, um, is a bit more risky. Right. But, uh, I don't know that I would have made the same decisions without that. And then the other thing, um, I, personally want to be a bigger advocate for, because I, I waited, right? Like I was a career driven person and I waited to have my family until I felt like a hundred percent safe and, and, uh, and had achieved in, at least enough in my career. But like your biology starts to work against you. And as much as you can do, like, I think we need to encourage women to have children whenever is right for them at potentially at younger ages and help provide true, like real childcare. And by that, I don't mean like nine to three like that. And you can't work like that. Right. Like, um, but the only way I can, you know, be a great mom and be a great founder and CEO is I have help. And asking for that help and, and recognizing it too. I think I agree. I think the childcare thing is is so hard. Um, I think asking for help is so hard. Thinking about so I have a my um oldest is now like going towards school and thinking about, oh, school's from nine to three. You can work during that time. And I'm like, this is hilarious. This like yeah. how do people actually do this? And so <laughs> having that, having that understanding. Um, and also knowing I'd I'd like to add that you can you can find great investors. You can find great supporters who, if you're founding a business and, and you're having a baby, you can do both. It's going to totally. be hard. It probably won't look like your other friends who are working somewhere else or maybe taking yeah. six months off, but it's doable, uh, which is something that's so important for people to understand. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ali, for joining us today. I uh, just want to close out with where people can find you and find more about Veracity. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you can check us out on social at Veracity Self Care and on our website, veracityselfcare.com. So this was so fun. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. And I'm uh, so honored to be in your company. Thanks so much. Madden and Mitchell Media.